0: Good evening. As I was given this opportunity to pray for our young generation, I thought about how important. We prayed about a lot of important things this week, but I think this is one of the most important aspects of our prayer this week because our young people are our church. That is the next church. And we need to really be looking at what's going on in America and around the world today and why young people are being drawn away from the church in such droves. The statistics is uh, when I started looking at the statistics on the, uh, how much young people are just drawn away from the church, I was really surprised, man. Dear Heavenly Father, as I go into your word, Lord, I pray, Lord, that your word will come forth in power, Father God, and it will rest upon the hearts of the people that you have here tonight, Lord, and that, Father God, we will see through your word, Lord, that there is change, and there is change that can be made starting here in your house, Lord, with the next generation. The statistics are numbers, Lord. But we are the children of God, Lord. And we are not going to base our beliefs on statistics, Lord, because we know that you're able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or Thank Father God. So have your way and your word tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Some other statistics that I ran into, it says millennials. To give you an idea of what a millennial is, you hear that word all the time tossed around on the TV. Millennials are born between 1981 and coming to age by 2000. So that's our young adults right now. Um, the Generation X, 1965 to 1980, and the Baby Boomers, born between 1946 and 1964. So for every generation, there's a name. There's even one for Jeremiah and Destiny, I didn't even know, it was called the Z Generation. So those are the future leaders, future congressmen, future presidents, future pastors, future pre- preachers, the millennials. Um, one of the fact, the fact Tank, the Pew Research Center, says that fewer young adults belong to any particular faith than older people do today. They are also less likely to be affiliated than their parents and grandparents and generations when they were young. Fully one in four members of the millennial generation, uh, so called because they were born between 1980 and the beginning of the year 2000, are unaffiliated with any particular faith. Millennials are significantly more unaffiliated than members of the Generation X were at a comparable point in their life cycle. So we are seeing a decline in church uh, membership when it comes to the younger generation. 80% of children raised in Christian families leave church at the age of 18 and never to return. A majority of adults no longer consider Christianity America's default faith, and 64 percent of decisions for Christ are made before the ages of 18, and 77 percent are made before the age of 21. So parents, we have a very short window of influence over our kids as far as their spiritual growth. In Deuteronomy 4:9 and Deuteronomy 11, if everyone could turn there, 18 verses 18 through 21. It states, keep these words of mine in your hearts. Tie them as symbols on your heads and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home and you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land. The Lord swore to give your ancestors as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. This is a mandate in God's word that we are to forever keep the word of God before our kids. How do we do that? Daily Bible study with your kids. Pray with your kids. We pray for our kids a lot. Pray with them. Get them engaged in the prayer process. Let them pray. When we have a Sunday school, I always ask the kids, is there anything you want to pray for? Anybody you want to pray for? Because I want to foster that, that atmosphere of praying for others, not just us praying for them. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to lay hands on the sick. They can do that, too. Um, also, make sure you're keeping the word before them. I mean, as you drive down the street, we leave such a busy lives. we spend most of our time in cars. Turn on Bible verses. There are so many tapes and CDs and different things now that, I mean, everyone has their little iPhones and electronic gadgets. Tell them to click on a a, a scripture. Listen to pastor. There's so many avenues that you can keep that word before your kids today. Uh, put Bible, Bible verses up in your house. I used to like, look, put little tabs of um, sticky notes with Bible verses for my kids in their lunch boxes before they leave for school. There's so many different things you can do to keep God's word before your kids. Amen? Also, if you don't have kids, everybody said, well, what, what, what interest is that to me? I don't have a child. We are called the household of faith for a reason. Well, when you belong to the household of faith, My kid becomes your kid, and your kid becomes my kid. We are all responsible for each other. I'm responsible for Chloe. The Presidents are responsible for Jeremiah and Destiny. Whatever child you have under your spiritual influence, you are responsible for that child. So don't just be so narrow-minded thinking, well, my kids are grown and out the house. I don't have to do this. Yes, you do. If you belong to the family of God, we are your family. My kids are your kids. Amen? We need to be proactive. We got to pray for our millennials. In this day and age, everything is being bombarded that we didn't even have to. I mean, they're being bombarded with sexual things on TV. You drive down the road, sexual posters. In the stores, you at the checkout counter. There's sexual all over magazines. The TV shows, I don't even look at primetime anymore because right now, They're teaching our kids there's no moral absolutes anymore. Modesty, decency, discretion. They're teaching our kids that stuff doesn't matter anymore. Whenever you can tell a child and teach kids, they are teaching this in schools by the way, that it's okay for a man and woman to get married. You guys heard of the uh, life, family life curriculum in the public schools? Be aware of what your kids are learning in that family life curriculum. When my kids were in school, I would have to go up there because they would have things like, they're gonna learn about alternative families. Ask my husband, I went up to the school, I'm like, what is this alternative family that you're teaching my kids about? Oh, we're not gonna get into the same-sex marriage thing. We're just teaching kids they can live with their grandparents, they can live with their aunts and uncles. I said, okay, as long as it's that. But you gotta be careful what they're teaching in the public schools, it's called family life. Look into the curriculum. You are able to go into the public schools and you can look at that curriculum and see what they're teaching your little ones. They have books in the library now talking about my two daddies, my two mommies. My, uh, my daughter, one time we were um, visiting her class for a back to school night and she said, oh mom, that's a little boy that said he had two daddies. So I wasn't thinking when she came home and told me that, I'm like, huh? Uh, yes, he, he bought his you know partner and I guess he was telling the kids that he had two daddies. And I had to tell her, no honey, that's not, that's not God's way of doing things. So you have to talk to your kids, because they are going to be faced with it. It's thrown in their faces at school, and they're saying it's okay. Amen? Um Also, I've got to pray for our churches. Pray against inter- institutionalism, where churches are in a box, and they don't want to do things differently. We're not asking the churches to change what they're preaching, but sometimes... Churches, as a church, we have to change our methods on how we reach the next generation. Amen? Amen. Um, It's got to be adoptable with the times. Kids today are so tech savvy. We have to catch up with that. Some churches, we are not on the cutting edge, I guess. But as the millennial generation matures, we're going to have to change the way we do things as a church. Amen? Amen. Um, Also, some things that we need to pray tonight for our next generation. Purpose. Purpose. So many kids don't understand that God has given you, each and every one of you, a purpose. A God-living purpose. Don't ever let anyone tell you you don't have purpose. Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. A plans to prosper you, not to harm you, and to give you a future and a hope. So young people, look at me. You guys are looking down. You have a purpose. We're going to pray about our our kids' friendships. Spend time talking to your kids about their friendships, no matter how old they are. I still talk to Elise about her friendships. See who they're hanging around with. What are they talking about? I mean, why are you hanging around with that person? Oh, she's my friend. She's not a Christian, but okay. Well, and then my kids said, well, what, I mean, we're, we're only can hang around with Christians? No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying, have a purpose for hanging around with the people you hang around with. Are you hanging around with that person to be influenced by them? Are you hanging around that per- per- person to influence them? That's the difference. So ask your friend, ask your kids about their friends. What do y'all talk about? What, what, what are their interests? It's really important because it says, do not be, be mis.' 1 uh, Corinthians 15, says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good morals. And that's not saying that we're going to need to put our kids in a box. That's not what I'm saying at all. If you're hanging around that person and you're trying to persuade that person to uh, follow Christ, that's a whole different story. Amen? Amen? Have purpose while you're hanging around. Character. Character. Today's teen is bombarded with every temptation known to man. And the enemy is seeking to kill and destroy. That's what he goes about the earth doing, seeking whom he can kill and destroy. And His main target is our young people because he knows if he can get our young people, he can get the church, amen? Because the young people are our church. The, the, people, the young people have to be important to the church because they are so important to God. God says children are precious in his sight. In 1 in in Timothy 4.12, it says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in your speech. What are you talking about? How are you? Character is not how you are in church on Sunday. Character is not how you are in front of your parents. Character is what you are when no one is looking. What are you doing in the hallways of school? What are you talking about in that cafeteria? Are, are you a different person at school than you are in church? You shouldn't be. Whoever you, whatever you are, well, when I see you in church on Sunday, that's who you are on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Character is so important, young people. Purity, let's pray for purity for our kids tonight. Pray that God will give our, our kids a hunger for righteousness, a hunger to stay pure, a hunger to keep their bodies for their husbands and their wives. A hunger for purity. As in 1 Corinthians 6 to 18, it says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits outside the body, but whoever sins sexually commits sins against your own body. When you lay with someone who's not your husband or your wife, you are committing a sin against your own body. Your body is the temple of God. Your body is holy. Your body is sanctified. You are precious. Don't ever, don't ever, ever allow anyone to take advantage of you. Don't ever allow anyone to, to, to take you for granted. Know who you are in Christ. Know who you are. Know that you are to maintain your purity for your husband and your wife. Amen? Don't sell yourself off cheap because you're not. You're not. You are our child of the Most High God. Amen? Let's pray for passion. Passion and zeal to run through our next generation. A passion. Pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will fall upon our kids in such a way that they will have a a dire passion to go out and tell others about this great God. Amen. And Acts 1.8, it says in the the, uh, last days, he's going to pour out his spirit. He's going to Pour out His Spirit, and that the um, the uh, the um, boys and girls are going to prophesy. I, I got some prophets in here. Any prophets? You, and then He said that the men will see visions. Who visionaries? Do I have any Nehemiah's in here? Nehemiah was a great visionary. Oh my, my daughters raising her hand back there. Amen. And the old men will see, dream dreams. Amen? Amen? And the sixth thing we're going to pray about tonight is submission and honor. So many times working in public school and, and seeing kids and parents interact, so disrespectful. We're in a generation where kids do not respect authority. I hear my husband, who's a big guy who carries a gun, used to work in the schools as a resource officer, and he said, Kids disrespected him. I just could not fathom that because I had so much fear in me when I was little. I didn't even think I could look at a policeman wrong. I, and today, teachers, you would be shocked at some of the things kids say to teachers. I work in the schools. I hear it. We have special TRT counselors. These are behavior specialists that they have hi, hired to come into the schools on top of the counselors. I'm not talking about the average counselors. I'm talking about they have hired special behavior specialists to come in to handle the overwhelming behavior issues in the classroom, right? So when I first saw these people come in, I'm like, wow, why are they here? Guess who they minister to? Guess who is in the office? What age group? It's not the fifth graders. It's not even mostly the fourth graders. They get them, but guess who are in, in their offices? Most of kindergartners, first graders, second graders. A lot of the kindergartners are coming in, and you will be surprised at how these kids behave: spit, kick, cuss. Some say, "I'm going to kill you." Yes, that's what we—that's what they're there for. They're ministering to the little kids. And I'm shocked at how many kids are in their offices on a daily basis. So we have to teach our kids to honor your mother and father, which is the first commandment, right, A promise, so that you may have a long and healthy life. A long and healthy life. Amen? Amen. And the seventh, discernment. That is so important. We're going to pray discernment over our kids tonight. Pray that God would give our our teenagers and our young people the knowledge of the truth because there's so much falsity out there today. Teaching so much falsity. We need to know this word backwards and forwards. And it's never too young to teach your kids. It's never too young to give them a Bible. Give them a Bible they could read. Get them, there's so many children's Bibles. Get them a Bible they can understand. Teach them the word. So they won't get mixed up in any false religions. Amen? Amen? The doctrines of demons, that's what I call them. I pray that also you'd be able to discern uh, between good and evil. Today, society is calling evil good and good evil. We need a generation that's going to know that's wrong. There are more absolutes. This found in the word. Amen? Read the word. Study. Know for yourself. Don't wait for your parents. Everyone in here is able to read. Read. Understand. Witness to your friends. Be bold. Don't be afraid to witness to your friends. Don't be afraid to stand up for Christ. Don't be an undercover Christian. Amen. Let them know what you believe and who you believe in. Amen.